0: What's up everyone? Welcome back to the Join the Journey podcast, where we have engaging conversations about organ tissue donation, transplant, and organ health. In today's podcast, Power Hour Sit Down, we're joined by my friend Anthony Reed from Kidney Trails. Anthony has an incredible life story of overcoming adversity, whether it be navigating the dialysis process and getting a transplant, to starting a family and a blog, and so much more. Anthony has a lot of wisdom to share, and I'm super excited that he's able to join us today on our first Power Hour Sit Down. We're going to talk about dialysis, we're going to talk about transplant, we're going to talk about organ health, and everything else in between. All of that happening right here, right now, on the Join the Journey podcast. Alright everyone, so as I mentioned in the introduction, we are joined today by a very special guest, my friend Anthony Reed from Kidney Trails. Anthony has an incredible life story, y'all, and I'm super excited that he was able to join us for today's Power Hour sit-down. I don't want to steal any thunder from this guy because he is doing a lot, and again, I'm just so blessed and honored to have him on today's podcast. So, Anthony, why don't you just give a quick overview for our audience of who you are and what you're about, and we'll get this thing started.
1: Sounds great, Wills. I first want to thank you for having me on the show. It's a real honor to be here. And I also want to thank your audience for taking time out of their day to listen. Just a little bit background about myself. My name's Anthony Reed with the Kidney Trails. And the I guess just a really, really short background about who I am and where I've come from is I was adopted in 1990 from Guatemala City, Guatemala by two wonderful parents that brought me back here to the U.S. to uh, give uh, give me a, chance, a better chance at life, which was absolutely phenomenal. Things went well. I had a normal childhood. Everything went well. At age 18, though, I had graduated high school, had everything ahead of me, had life ahead of me, and ended up around the fall time of that year, is that I ended up having a stroke due to high blood pressure. Now, that definitely was a shock to me because I didn't realize I had high blood pressure. Of course, when the nurses took my blood pressure it was 320 over 280, that said that I was pretty high up there and they ended up causing a stroke. It was definitely a challenging time. But, you know, we got through it. Things were going great. But I was 18, 19 years old. Who needs doctors? Who needs anybody to tell them what to do? So I ended up having all these medications I was supposed to take and ended up deciding, hey, I don't need to take them anymore. And a few years later, I ended up on dialysis due to the fact of hypertension or high blood pressure. Uh, Had I not taken my medications or had I taken my medications, it probably would not have progressed to that. As, as quickly if at all, but you know, you live and learn. If I'd have learned the first time, I wouldn't have had to deal with the second time. I was diagnosed with stage renal disease. And then a few days later after that, I started dialysis and did that for four years. Uh, thankfully I had the great opportunity and privilege to have a kidney transplant, a living donor step forward and offered her kidney to me, which is a great honor, obviously, and I am very humbled at that. And through, throughout the last couple of years, we've been doing a lot of different things. have been speaking a lot. Uh, I actually work in the dialysis field during the daytime. And then kidney trails is kind of like my night stint or not night, but like my side gig that I would do.
2: So that's kind of where we're at. Wow, so there's a lot to unpack there. I wanna start by asking you a little bit about your experience. You said that you, were, you originally were put on some medicine for, I believe you mentioned high blood pressure. Um, or something of that nature, and you, for whatever reason, decided, hey, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm invincible, maybe, I don't know, but you just decided not to take it. I know that that kind of probably was your undoing, but I'm really interested to kind of hear the, maybe the lesson that you learned in that, and maybe what what advice you would have for somebody who would say that they are going through that similar situation where they're given medicine, but they don't really want to take it.
1: Appreciate that question, Will. Uh, The one thing is, uh, you think about it, or at least I think about it this way, Uh, life always brings us challenges. And it's just like when you go to school, you know, you you have to go through certain grades. And if you don't pass that grade, you have to go back and retake the test or go back to summer school or whatever it may be. Life is pretty much similar in that regards as well is if you don't pass the test, it's going to put you through that uh, maybe a different course, a different way, but you're going to have to face that same thing again, maybe even more in depth, maybe a harder challenge because life has a funny way of wanting to make sure that you get it for the lesson is so that you can grow and you can go further than you ever have gone. So I guess the first lesson that I took from that after looking back is that had I learned that lesson the first time, I wouldn't have had to learn it again. I'd have probably been you know, golden. From what uh, the nephrologist told me, had I taken my blood pressure medicine, I probably wouldn't even had to even cross that bridge until I was 60 or older, even if then. It's a very valuable lesson, obviously, uh, something that I don't want to learn like that again.
2: <laughs> I think that's that's so important, you know, that I mean, you take that lesson and you apply it and you learn from it and you move on and you don't let it to get the best of you. I want to really kind of transition from there into okay, you know, you're you're back taking the medicine, you have some high blood pressure, and you know, obviously that, that might have led to the kidney um, failing when it did, getting anti disease. But I want to kind of go through the timeline of how long it took from when let's say you were diagnosed with, with ESRD and you started dialysis to you know getting Getting the copper transplant and kind of what all that
1: was like. So the timeline on that, uh, I was age 18 when I had the stroke, and age 22 when I was diagnosed with kidney disease or end-stage renal disease. So that was a few years in between that experience, and then. Once I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed at the start of the week on a Sunday and I ended up starting dialysis on a Thursday. Uh, the physician ended up, there was not a nephrologist to speak to me at that hospital. So I ended up setting an appointment up to the nephrologist office uh, that, uh, I think it was Wednesday. And that's when, I when to walk in, he, the nephrologist said, you got two choices, either go to this hospital or that hospital, which would you rather do? And because it, it was just too close, my levels were so far down, that he said I probably would not have made it through the weekend had I not got in when I did. And so, you know, that was a short couple of days and then started dialysis. And from dialysis, I started dialysis in April and ended up finishing my last treatment in April, exactly four years. Now, I think I was like one or two weeks shy of four years, but we're so close to that. it's I pretty much say it's a four-year you know, I did dialysis like a four-year gig. I tell people a lot of times I have a four-year degree in dialysis, graduated to transplant and moving on, moving forward. So that's kind of a little bit of the timeline, you know, and that was in, when I got my transplant, it was 2017. And then of course, now we're here in 2021. And that's, to me, that's amazing to still be here.
2: Absolutely, I love how you said you, you feel like you have a four-year degree in dialysis. So I guess your your minor during that time was the minor in transplant, you know? Your, 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 main bachelor's or maybe master's degrees in, in dialysis, but no, I, I love that mentality that you took and you have now kind of looking back and what if I'm really interested to know maybe during dialysis, maybe some, some things that you experienced that somebody who let's say has recently been diagnosed and doesn't might be beneficial for them to know, what are maybe some, pointers and tips or just your experience in general on dialysis leading up to when you had your donor come forward? Uh,
1: So I know a lot of a lot of times people will say well you need to learn about your health care you need to learn about your body and that's true you need to learn about the diet you need to learn about these different things but to me while that's all very important I think one of the biggest things is to learn how to have a positive mindset. Because dialysis can be so very negative. And one thing that I did find out is when you lose it in your mind, you'll lose it in your body very quickly afterwards. So you got to make sure and ensure that your mind is built up enough. And this is with anything in life. I have seen it time and time again, I tell people a lot of times 99% of the battle dialysis for me, was right here in my mind. I mean there was there was a time that I almost lost it and no matter how close I've come to death from the stroke from dialysis from other events in my life that was probably the closest I had ever been because something started to work on my mind and had I given into it I would have very quickly fallen into that like as you would call that trap so to speak. So I encourage the first thing is to strengthen your mind, get a positive mindset, learn from from those that can teach that. Uh, I know the things that I turned to was different things I turned to was the things like Zig Ziglar, what he would say, one of the quotes he said was, you were born to win. You know, If you say to yourself, it's like Wills, if you say to yourself, say Wills was born to win, that's a huge statement. And of course, through your story, you can see that. And so to take ownership of that thought can really help in and enhance somebody's life. It, it's also something like Les Brown says, it's possible. It's not saying I can do it. I will do it. It's just saying that it's a possibility. And that throws you in a different arena. And I know during part of the time is I had to say, it's possible that I can live beyond dialysis. It's possible that I can get that transplant. It's possible. This can happen. And these good things can happen. Instead of, main a negative mindset, pushing out of it and getting a different perspective on it. And I would say those are Two of the biggest things that I would, or at least those two quotes were the biggest things that helped me, but maintaining that and, and feeding your mind with those good things. Of course, in today's world, it's all negative. Things as simple as your cell phone can give you negative news so quick that, you know, like somebody said, if you read that in the, and read that in the morning, how do you think my day is going to go? <laughs> Obviously not very good. But if you feed your mind with the good, the clean, the powerful, the positive things, how is your day going to go? It's going to go a lot better because you've got those things in your mind starting to work. And it's, as somebody else said, I think it's, as this said, you know, motivation, you have to do it daily. It's like bathing. You have to bathe daily. So motivation, you have to get some daily to help you throughout. That was a big thing because when you're dialysis patient, a lot of times people will face depression. Uh, they all face, um, it, it, different things, aspects of the giving up is another one, and I face depression too. And uh, it's not a fun journey when you're facing that, but there are ways to overcome that.
2: I think you raise a really good point you know, that a lot of the battles in the mind. And I feel like that's a, with transplant specifically, that is so true. And so speaking of feeding your mind with positive thoughts, I really want to know, one, how in the world did your, like, how did the whole donor stepping forward thing go, and also what led you to start to, to want to start kidney trails? Because obviously that is um, that's a big you know mindset change from you know I'm sitting here in the office chair to I'm getting a transplant to so, hey so I also have an idea I want to start this. So how how did all that? work?
1: Those are great questions and. I'm going to probably unpack it a little bit different, I guess backwards, because in 2014, I was still on dialysis and I'll never forget up where I was. I was at station three in my clinic. And I remember thinking there's got to be more. You know, I had been feeding my mind with all these great things, but I never heard anything from dialysis patients that would help me along my journey. Yes, all those things helped. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't able to find stories that would uh, be beneficial in my situation. So I, I I remember sitting in that chair getting my treatment and just feeling this, I guess you would call it a call on my life. It was like a still small voice coming that there's something special that you need to do, whatever it is to bring the experiences that you've learned
0: from where you were at. And
1: this was, I'd only been on dialysis maybe a year, two years at the max. And so I started to learn those experiences, obviously, and it just kind of grew from there. Just an idea. I did get involved with different organizations. I'm not going to get into that too much, but we did get involved with different ones to try to share. And I guess you would say kind of, kind of critique my story, maybe even my speaking abilities, whatever it may be, to try to help with that, that future dream that I had then. And so I was doing that all through, you know, in dialysis, I was the kidney coach, you know, the social worker would actually come to me and say, Hey, can you go talk to this patient? Can you go talk to this one? Can you go talk to that one? So it became a, even a nightly routine for me after I get on treatment, there would be certain people I'd go around talk to and encourage them, uplift them, try to do what I could do to help them on their journey, new patients they would get me to talk to. That was phenomenal. And then 2016 rolled around. Uh, One thing is, I'm an O positive blood type, and with O positive, they generally have a longer wait because we're the universal donor. We can give to anybody, we just can't take from anybody. You know, I know they say it's better to give than receive, but in that case, (laughs) it could be a little different. Uh, So we ended up... Uh, 2016 started, things were going great, and then I had an issue with my blood work. Uh, One of my numbers went uh, extremely high, dangerously high, to the point that had I continued along that journey or along those habits that I had created for myself, because that's what I did, I got comfortable with where I was at and ended up, hey, I'll be okay, my lab work's been okay, all this stuff. It caught up with me, and had it continued, it would have probably led me down even a more downhill spiral. But what ended up happening is a a nephrologist. My nephrologist came around, and talked to me, and they were fairly new, so they were introducing themselves. and They said, "Let's let me look at your blood work." And the words they said was this: "Young man, there's an issue here." And I, I'm, I may be going around a little bit with the words, but he said basically, if something don't change, you got six months, and you could hit this. Calciphylaxis, which is a very painful, slow disease that it definitely ultimately can lead to death. And he said you could go into calciflaxis, which could lead to a very slow and painful death within six months. What I heard was you have six months to live. And that kind of shows you where the mind can go. And that was probably the most challenging time during the time. That's where I said that's the closest i ever came to death. I remember going to my car. I'd just been married a year. Things were Like I said, things life was looking up. We, you know, my wife and I end up, you know, living life, purchasing a home, doing all these great things. And now I've got six months. That's a lot to take in for a young man. I never told her, never told anybody what was told to me or what I I felt. But little did I realize is that my, that during that time, my donor was starting to be impressed on to donate their kidney to me. This is another lesson. When it gets tough, keep pushing because generally the, during those toughest challenges comes the sweetest victory. And it, it, it can get very, very challenging and very, very tough at times. Finally, I got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm going to live life to the best of my ability. I'm going to do everything that I can do to be healthy as I can. I'm going to live beyond this. I'm going to live beyond this machine. I'm going to come here to do my treatment. I'm going to do everything I need to do, but I'm going to go out and enjoy life. You know, if it's my time, it's my time. Nothing I can say about that. We started to get to that. And then I ended up throwing my birthday party and told my wife, I said, I want you to call this one, this one, this one, this one. And by the end of the time, of course, this is all pre-COVID days. We had about 30 people in a 1,200 square foot home. That's a lot of people in that small of a space. So we invited them all over, had a wonderful time, enjoyed it. And... That's when my cousin and I, we were in the music room playing. I like to play instruments, musical instruments. I play piano and a few different things. That was kind of my getaway. But he plays too, a very talented musician. We end up playing, I forget what it was, some kind of Disney song. She wanted us to play some more Disney songs, so we did. Before, she said, I need to talk to you. And she stepped in the room and closed the door and said, I've been feeling like this since this time. And that time was when I was told that from the nephrologist, that I needed to donate my kidney to you. And the first thought is, okay, wait a minute, what happened? Number one, number two is how do I respond? I didn't know. I was unsure of how to do that. Did I laugh? Did I cry? Did I dance? Did I sing? I just said, okay, that's great. Here's the card, call my transplant coordinator and get this started, or call the living donor coordinator and get it started. And so that kind of got the ball rolling with that. And it wasn't long that the calls had started. I think the next week the ball started rolling. They were giving us updates every time they got an update. And then about a week and a half, two weeks later, we had an update to give. And that's, we found out we were expecting my first son. So it was just, it was a lot of craziness, crazy times during that time. But you see that point where I said, even though that was a really challenging time, look at the victory, look at the, reward because I I, I stuck it, stuck it out. And within April, 2017, we ended up having the kidney transplant. And about two weeks later, my son came. So that's kind of the timeline with all that And, and some of the lessons
2: too. Wow. So you went, that's a lot. So you went from being on dialysis to your donor coming forward to Trying to process all of that and oh by the way, you have a little kid coming. That's a lot. And so how did you how did you like you know, you said before, you know, keeping that positive mindset, keeping that good mentality. How did you do that through all of those different changes? Because that's a lot to happen in a relatively kind of condensed timeframe from you know being being put on it to Better stepping forward. Uh, how, how how did you keep that a good, a, a good
1: mentality. Well, it would have become a habit by that time. So habits are easier to continue on than just trying something new. So I was able to maintain that through that through the habit that I'd have of listening to these different ones, the different speakers, and and so th- that's kind of how it did. I had had this. Uh, this, I had already had this habit set. So it was easier for me to do that. I will say my mom was kind of crazy during that time. Cause it's like, I've got this to prepare. I got my home to prepare. I got this, 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 and this, and this. And it was just crazy. But um, my best friend from PA, he actually ended up coming down to help me out with some different chores around the house to get things kind of ready so it, it really helped out and then family started pitching in i had a great support team and everybody was just excited about the the prospect of this uh, new kidney
2: i think that's so awesome you know that one you had someone step forward I know, unfortunately that doesn't always happen for folks but you were fortunate enough in that and then you, you get your transplant like were you able to schedule your transplant or did they just kind of say hey you know there's eights to pick um, what, what, we, what was all the time
1: process like? A lot of times when it's a living donor, the living donor has complete control on when they want to get it done. Well, my living donor ended up calling us and saying, hey, what time would you like to have it done? We know your, your son's going to be coming very soon. What day, what time, what what would you like to do? Here's the dates that we have. And so I kind of had a choice in that, which was very nice. And my donor was so unselfish with that because most people would be like, well, I'm giving, I'm giving this gift of life to somebody. I want to be able to take the time that I need. But like I said, a very unselfish, not only unselfish gift, but even with the time frame, even down to that, which did make it easier for, I think in all, all reality, all of us, because we were all kind of recovering at that time you know after transplant before my son came though i only had two weeks to recover before he came a week early i was supposed to have three weeks he ended up coming a week early and so then i end up you know my wife was caring for me and then it was i was caring for her so it was definitely different and i had to recover i felt like a lot quicker Uh, even it comes to driving now I, i will say this It was about two weeks. And you know, once you're transplanted, you have all these appointments set up and you have to go, I think I had to go every week for the first couple of weeks or whatever it was, I don't remember. But I remember walking in the nephrologist's office and she was asking how things were going, how was the wife? I said, well, my baby was born, here's the pictures. And yeah, you know, everybody's all excited and they're showing the pictures around the transplant center and stuff like that. And I said, I got a request. I said, I know I'm only two weeks out. I really want to go see my son at the hospital and not rely on my parents. Can I drive? (laughs) I said, it's only 15 minutes up the road. She goes, well, tell you what, if you drive, that's fine. But you take your time, number one. Number two, if you feel funny, you stop on the road, call somebody to pick you up and call me. That's my request. I said, sure, I'll do it. And so I can tell you my first time Actually, the first time I drove, I drove up to the hospital, or I, I don't remember exactly. I know the car was there at the hospital. I, don't, I think my wife ended up driving herself with me to the hospital so I could stay with her. But ended up, um, I ended up taking the car back, and that was definitely a trip. I'll tell you that it was, it felt, you know, it felt a little freer, but it was definitely a
2: challenge. Wow, I just, I, I love the, the one, you know, the, the diagnosis with this medical situation, right, and state green disease, partially because you've you you learned from that experience. Um, but then you have, a, you have the experience of dialysis and you're able to have a good mindset about that. You have um step forward and they say, hey, when do you want to do this? I, I don't, I've never really heard of that happening before. So that's that's really interesting. And then ultimately you know sitting in the Dallas chair looking back now you know the you know you have that calling and we'll get into that a little bit in part two but before we before we get into that I really want to know um what, what was what was maybe the a couple of the biggest challenges that you have faced post you know, yes, you probably had a lot of challenges before, but what are are some things that you kind of struggle with right now? And also, what have been maybe some of the greatest joys that you have had?
1: You know, it's funny you should ask that question, because I kind of gave a speech on that not too long ago about some of the challenges a transplant patient may face post-transplant. And two of the things that, I have, uh, I was speaking on courage and what I was talking about is the enemies of courage. And one of the biggest enemies is fear, but fear is broken in and down into multiple parts. You know, you got fear of the unknown. And then the two that I would say is fear of rejection and fear of failure. So those were two challenges that I did end up facing, especially I think there was one incident when something didn't feel right when I was driving down the road at work and then end up... I ended up calling my transplant center, couldn't get a hold of them, ended up calling my boss and said, look, I got to come back. I can't go do this right now. Something's not right. I'm going to have to go to the ER. And on my way back, I was trying to think of other dialysis options that were out there. You know, my mind was trying to give in to, hey, you're rejecting. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to get a port. You know, what about PD? What about home? What about, you know, all these different things? And thankfully, my transplant center said, why don't you just go get blood work, get it done, and we'll call you back. And the night they called me back, they said, your kidneys are better than ever. We think you got dehydrated. So that was definitely a, a challenge that I have faced post-transplant. And it's not something that's – it's something that I think that may be in the back of your mind if you allow it. You just can't allow it. To overtake it. The other thing that far as the greatest joys is to do what I do every day, and I know we'll get to that in part two, is to write about the story, share the experience, and give people an opportunity to read from from the lessons I've learned and learn those so they don't have to face the same thing.
2: I think that's really good. You know, talking about the you know, you're learning from those lessons, but they also you know there, there's some challenges in there of uh, the, the fear of rejection and, and your the organ, um, the stress and the anxiety, and everything that I with that, and learning to kind of keep those emotions within it. And what you've done throughout this whole experience of pre transplanting now is having that positive mindset. And I think that that's something that we can all learn from, from you in that regard is that, you know, regardless of where, we're, where we all are as far as that donation and transplant journey, that we have that positive mindset because like you said, so much of it is in the head. And once you lose the battle of the mind, you're not that far away from losing the battle of the head. And I'm really excited to get into this second part. We're gonna take a break through real quickly. Um, the second part, we're gonna really dive in guys and talk about one, what Kidney Trails is, and two, what all what all is going on with that, and, and how you can possibly become involved. You can write for the Kidney Trails, am I correct?
1: Uh, yes, you are, Wills. And uh, that's something that you can find on our website on how to get a little bit more involved with what we do. I know once, you know, we get to that second part, but, you know, I, I would encourage you maybe even during the break that you check out, uh, check us out at our website at KennyTrails.com just to kind of get a little feel of how we are or, Get a little feel of what we're about and what we're doing out there. So, you know, there's always we're always welcoming people to write about their experiences, whether it be from kidney disease or even you know, Will's. You're one of our authors. I know you've had your transplant. So, uh, there's definitely opportunities there.
2: Well, we're gonna take a quick break and when we really come back, we're gonna talk about all the all those opportunities and much more. So, y'all stay right here. Go over to kidney Fellows during the break if you want. And we'll
0: be right back talking with Anthony Reed from Kitty Trails. All right, everyone. So, before we hop into part two of our interview with Anthony Reed, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Anthony and the entire KT broadcasting team for really helping make this podcast what it is. After the recording stopped with Anthony, we both noticed that there were some issues in sound quality and internet connection, etc., cetera, that we didn't really pick up in the initial interview, but that we had to fix on the back end. And all that behind the scenes work was put in by Anthony and really without him, this podcast and what you're listening to right now would not be possible. So a big shout out to Anthony and KT Broadcasting for helping out on this podcast episode. All right, y'all. So now we're going to hop into part two of our power hour sit down with Anthony Reed from Kenny Trails. In this part of our Power Hour sit-down, we're going to expand the conversation and talk a little bit about what Kidney Trails is, how you can get involved, and much more.
2: All right, y'all. So we are back talking with Anthony Reed from Kidney Trails. We heard in the first part of of the Power Hour sit-down today a little bit about Anthony and his personal uh, transplant journey and also his journey with dialysis and kind of what got him to where he is today. So now for the second part of our sit down, I really want to talk with him about um, what led him to start Kidney Trails, what Kidney Trails is, and a little bit more about that. So, Anthony, I want to start by asking first, how did you come up with the name Kidney Trails? And second of all, what led you to want to start all this in the first place?
1: I think I'll start with what led me to start it because that's uh, back in 2000 and I think it's about 14 I was in my dialysis chair at the time it's no longer my dialysis chair obviously and I was like what is out there for kidney patients now back in 2014 there were organizations but it wasn't a lot of things out there that helped kidney patients along the journey. So I found a few, but even the ones that I found, it felt like there needed to be more. And so I, I started to have, I guess I call it my calling, my call, the call that came to me. And I remember sitting in that chair and the tears literally uh, falling down. Uh, the tears literally just coming out. The tears literally just falling falling down cuz it it was more of a burden a calling mind you that was placed on me and so you know i did some different work for different nonprofits but i always felt like there needed to be something more and so in 2019 i said you know what it's time to start something different and i had been speaking actually since probably 2014 i did some teaching at the clinic that i was at For as a, I guess you would call it, a patient advocate, sharing with people the experiences that I had on dialysis, and so we end up going from that. It's and then we end up going to different conferences up until two thousand nineteen. I was like, you know what, things are going really well. Let me try to start something that will you know, get a little bit more to where I want to go. And that's sharing the, not only the story, because I believe everybody's got a story to share, but also the lessons that are learned from the story. And that's what makes it valuable Because there's lessons. Without those lessons, a lot of times the story does not hold as much merit as it could. It's not as valuable as it could be to, to those that need it. And so in 2019, I actually started something called Mapping Your Mountain. And never never published it, never put it online, never had the website built, had some different things, but never did anything with it. Went throughout 2019, tried to do something else, had another name, tried to do that. Once again, I didn't publish it. I didn't do anything. I didn't, I just didn't make the move. And so finally when 2020 hit and I had all these speaking engagements lined up, I forget how many we had, but we had several of them. And then COVID hit. And all my speaking engagements got canceled. Things were going virtually. It's it's like, I really wanted to share my story, but how could I, what outlet could I use that would maybe benefit others and be a little bit, I guess, more out there than what I was. And so I played around with the idea of doing just a podcast. And then I played around with the idea of a blog. So I said, you know what, I'll start a blog, share my own journey. Now, what do I want to call it? I, mapping your mountain didn't really jump and jive with me neither did the other name that I have and one thing I do enjoy is I enjoy hiking and I've always said that my journey with kidney disease has always been as if a hike up the mountain or up traveling up the mountain because when you're traveling up somewhere like that you come into different challenges along the way different uh, things you may have to cross over to get to that peak and once you get to that peak you see this gorgeous beautiful view and to me, that's how dialysis was. I, was. I was traveling up this mountain and got to transplant or the, the next peak, and I was able to see this beautiful view. And so you know, the name kind of came out Kidney Trails. It's really a, a trail that everybody that has kidney disease, whether they have it, maybe they know somebody that have it, maybe they're actually in the field, actually travels on a day-to-day basis. There's different things, different parts of it. And so that's really how the name started out. And I had a friend of mine helping me at that time, and I, I said, what do you think? They said, I love it. We'll see what happens. So once I put it out there, things really started to, you know, slowly started to move. It's not like, uh, you know, I guess you say it wasn't like as soon as I posted it, Every we started getting likes and viewers and all that. It took time to do that. But once I started with that, started out putting out my personal journey, then the end up bringing on board um, as a guest author at the time was Dwellyn Williams. He's currently our COO of our company. And so he started the story, I don't know about this, sharing a patient's initial dialysis treatment experience. And he started doing that, things started to really catch up, and next thing I know we're bringing guest authors, we're bringing authors, to share their experiences, share the journey, share their lessons, uh, maybe even sometimes their opinions on different things. And ever since then, it's just been growing ever steadily since then.
2: I, I cannot believe that, you know, to, to think that it started just from an idea that you had in your Dallas chair, you know, to coming to fruition um, i know you've had multiple guest authors on there i've been a guest author on there on a few things um Dwayland's story is really incredible as well i know he's got some things going on as well and i think it's just really cool you know how someone can be given a calling such as such as yourself um and, and take that and, and run with it but you know it sounds like that this was something that you had kind of fumbled over a little bit in your mind and maybe didn't really release. And then once it came time for you to do that, um, as, as people know, it, it kind of, it's kind of taken off um, for right now, but it probably wasn't always like that. So I'm really interested to know what was maybe one of your biggest challenges in getting all of that up and running, because you can have an idea and you can have it all laid out in the best of intentions, but it won't go anywhere. So, what was it that you did that helped you get it off the ground to where it is now?
1: Just doing it. Just to actually hit the publish button. Just to actually hit the publish button on the website. That was the biggest challenge. A lot of times I, you know, I had those other two sites pretty much ready to do the same thing, but I couldn't bring myself to hit it, for some reason. And there's something that an individual says, it says fail faster, go ahead and don't be afraid to fail at it. And first two times, you can kind of see I was a little bit nervous about where it was going. And finally, I got when I got to where I was at before I published it, I said, I'm gonna publish it this time I I hit publish. I said, Well, it's too late to take it back. Now, let's see what happens. And the biggest Uh, challenge that I had was just doing it and ever since I just did it I just keep doing it each and every day whatever whatever it may be it could be from the blog to starting the podcast to some other unique things we have coming up very soon.
2: I think it's so interesting that you know you say the hardest thing is just doing it and I feel like that in dialysis and transplant as well that sometimes the hardest thing you can do is to just put yourself out there to put, to get, to do the work, to get on the list, to step forward as a donor, to accept that challenge of going through dialysis or whatever it might be. Sometimes you just have to take that next step. As simple as it might sound, it, it, it's pretty complex. And I, I really commend you for being willing to, to put it out there because I know that there are a lot of people, um, I, I've, I've, I know I'm involved in what y'all are doing and I know countless others are following as well of of what you're doing, but I'm really interested to know kind of where Kidney Trails is now, now that you have gotten it off the ground, obviously, uh, with the addition of some pretty awesome guest authors and stuff. I'm I'm just really interested to know where Kidney Trails is right now and um, maybe what you're looking to for the future or what you have coming up.
1: Well, where Kidney Trails is now is we are actually now a business. Uh, we're now Kidney Trails Press. Uh, we will be publishing books of, of those that have unique stories and the unique journeys. It could be a, a kidney transplant patient. It could be a dialysis patient. It could be a... Uh, could be somebody that actually works in the field that wants to share the lessons that they learned along the way. And what we're looking for is stories that have those lessons within them, have that certain thing that can help others maybe take that next step. I mean, we have a a few books that we'll be publishing over this next year or this year actually we will be publishing. The first one we're going to be doing is the graphic novel by Dwaylon Williams uh, with his story. I don't know about that. That's going to be in like a comic form to show exactly somebody might be able to actually pick it up and walk into treatment with that patient, so to speak, with his characters and be able to see what it's like to uh, get hooked up to the machine and maybe some of the questions they have about what goes on behind the scenes in dialysis. And what I think is unique, what he did is, he's got all these different things, but he's also bringing out the little lessons that he's learned along the way to help others. Yeah, I think it can help anybody really. It can help people understand what dialysis is. It can help people understand what the could be involved if they're looking at getting in the field. It can help just somebody that's walking down the street to to go forth and do more. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And we have some really great things coming up with that very, very soon. And over the next few months, you'll probably see us starting to announce uh, new authors that are authoring a book. Uh, publishing dates, when we're pre-orders, and things of that nature. So it's it's very exciting where that portion is going. The other part to that is next year we're going to do a virtual conference. The uh, Kenny Trails is actually putting it on with some of the uh, phenomenal speakers that we have lined up, and it's going to be able. To, the unique thing about virtual conferences is that you're not just a subject to one place or bringing everybody to one place. You're really reaching out to them, going to them and their in their homes and their place of business wherever they're at and we're gonna put that like i said that's coming in january so we're very excited about that as well and excited for what the future holds for that
2: man i'm, I'm just i'm excited i i know from from my vantage point of some of the things that y'all have coming up that i'm not going to say um but it, it's pretty epic of what y'all are doing i think it's incredible um that you know y'all it just it just takes one person you know it just takes one person saying you know what I'm gonna do this maybe you have a story maybe you have something to say whatever it might be um in the words of Jonathan trailer just go out and do it go out and go out and start it. you know and I, I think it's really awesome where kidney trails is now and I'm excited to see what you'll have coming for the future and I, I really want to know um for somebody out there who wants to share their story, but they don't know how to start, what are some, maybe some, uh, some tips that you would have to help them, maybe two or three tips to help them, you know, take that first step in advocating for themselves and, and getting their story?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is write it down. Uh, don't just rely on your memory, because I know with my memory, if I rely on my memory, half those things wouldn't be on our website, or half my story would be lost. But I'd say write it down, whether it's in the journal, maybe on your computer, and don't really worry about it being perfect, especially your first draft of it. Uh, just write everything you can remember down at first, and once you complete where you're at, then you can go back and start looking at editing. Maybe you need a uh, somebody to actually edit it for you. Some people like to get editors, uh, but also make sure that you're staying to that core of the story of where you want to go. What is your focus? Why do you want your story out there? Is it to advocate for yourself? Is it to teach those lessons? Maybe there's a certain lesson that you learned along the way that you want to teach and share about. So make sure your your message and your story is centered right in that in line with that. And then once you do that, I mean, you're always more than welcome to contact us at Kidney Trails, and we'll be happy to publish it for you and to put you up as a guest author. So, you know, it's not just a few people seeing. The world literally sees what people are, are, are writing about. And and that's a great thing is I like to hear people's, first of all, I like to hear, there's, hear them tell their story to me first and then see it in writing. Because once you do those two things, you get a different perspective of where they're coming from both sides. And by that time, you can kind of see where it's going. And uh, that's a unique thing about writing too. You you don't have to speak in front of the audience. Some people are not speakers. I used not to be a speaker. I'm a speaker now, but I used not to be a speaker. I used not to be a writer, actually. Um, I was not very a very good writer, but over this past year, year and a half, and Ever since, I've increased and and grown each and every time I do it. So my first tip would be write it down. Don't worry about editing. Just write it down. Then edit. Maybe bring in an editor and then find somebody to publish it for you. Maybe publish it yourself. Maybe start your own blog, whatever it may be. And then do it.
2: I think those are all three great tips and things that I I took into account when I was doing. My own writing and stuff for, for kidney trails and everything that I'm doing. Um, and I think it's so true, you know, being being able to, to put yourself out there. And like you said, writing it down, not worrying about the editing, and then editing it, and then, you know, just taking that next step of, of doing it. I think those are, those are three really awesome tips and really expand to more than just writing and advocating for yourself in this space of organ transplant donations, but just in life and death. Um, and so I really want to kind of close out our conversation, um, by talking a little bit about maybe some of the, the the challenges and also the, the triumphs that you have seen from, um, some of your guest authors and maybe seeing their, uh, their transition from the, you know, maybe they were apprehensive at first, putting their story out and then to see them, you know, take on that, that larger role or whatever it might be, but what are maybe some um, success stories that, that you have of folks who, uh, who are involved with kidney trails? And we, I'm sure we'd love to hear a few of them.
1: Well, I think of the kidney trails authors that we have, and those are, and everybody that's on there is a success story in their own way. Uh, the kidney trails authors generally have a continuing story maybe different things they're writing about and to see them grow is just absolutely phenomenal I mean Will's you're one of them Uh, Dwellen's one of them he's one that I when I think of a success story I think of him and how he's really grown as a writer when he first started he was like I'm not sure I can do this you know I've never written anything before I started laughing I said well neither have I until just a few months ago when we first started And so he started to write and then, then things have just really, every time he writes, he gets better and he gets better and better each and every time he's like, well, what do you think about this? I know because we're editing my my editor and I actually look at the articles generally before they get published and we're like, we can see the difference. We can see the the growth in them as, as an author. And that's the one thing that he has done absolutely phenomenally well at and Anytime we post this stuff, I mean, Willzy. anytime we post any of your stuff or even uh, Jonathan trailer with the Hope with Jonathan shows one of our authors as well, anytime we post any of their stuff, we're constantly getting a, a insane amount of views of their posts and we're getting uh, likes, we're getting all these different things. And it's encouraging because it, people are actually paying attention. To what's going on, what we're writing about, you know, there's agreements and, hey, that's good, that's, you know, that's different, we didn't see it that way, so that was what we're looking at, and it's, to see our writers grow is absolutely phenomenal, that's what I was telling, I think, Dwelling the other day, I was telling him, I said, that's why I'm here, I'm here to help you on your journey, I'm here to put you out to the front, so that way everybody can see what great work that you do. And I mean, I think I've even told you that was that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you. I'm here to push, push it out there. So everybody else, the world can see what you're doing. And that's some of the triumphs. The challenges that I have seen is actually getting people interested enough to write. Um, we have, that's why we start out with guest authors. Because maybe one person just want, maybe an individual just wants to write one article. That's fine. You can write one article, one blog your guest author will publish it out, we'll, we'll put, put it out there. But I think a lot of people are scared of the pen, so to speak, or in, nowadays scared of the, the keyboard <laughs> because it's something they haven't done. But uh, that's probably our biggest challenge has been is getting people to to agree to write. But once they write, they say it's so fulfilling. You know, we wish we'd have done it sooner. So it's just that step that the thing, like I said, just getting it done, just go ahead and do it and see what happens. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen when you're writing something? Uh, it goes to the editor for us. That's about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've published a few with y'all. Um, and just to, to kind of reiterate what you were saying, you know, just to put it in words or something different about even even from just speaking but it's actually weak it. and to sit down and digest it and think oh my gosh you know this is this is my story you know and, and, it, and it helped me kind of own my experience and i'm sure for the various guest authors out there for anyone looking to become a guest author with you all um it's going to help own your experience it's, it's really going to help you um kind of take joy and pride in your journey um and as you go through this uh if, if you're if you're got on kidney disease or, or kidney trails or whatever it might be um so to kind of wrap up i really want to be remiss if i didn't ask you about the podcast um because i know that is something that y'all recently started and i've listened to y'all's first couple episodes and i think they're awesome but that's just me um but i really do i want to i want to talk a little bit about your podcast and Um, kind of why you decided to expand the conversation to that medium, and maybe what your hopes are for this, uh, for those who are going to be tuning in to listen to the conference. So
1: the one thing is, uh, first and foremost, I'm a speaker. Uh, That's what I am that's the first thing that I do. I enjoyed on it. I loved doing it. So it was another way for me to get out there and have people not only, you know, they may see my picture up on the website, but then they can actually put a voice to that picture and say, oh, that's, that's who Anthony is. That's who, who he is. That's what he sounds like. So it's kind of putting a voice to the picture. And so originally I was thinking about just doing a podcast, just let's see if we can just do that instead and see if we can grow it and end up going about the way of writing, obviously. And it was always in the plan to do a podcast, and that's kind of where it all started. I can tell you we are expanding. I know we're kind of new in the podcasting industry, so to speak, at least the Kenny Trails team is, but we will actually be releasing another show in August. And I think you're going to see some very special things with that show. I will say this, I am not the host of that show. (laughs) We have two co-hosts that will be hosting that portion of the show. I'm going to still host my own show and it'll be I guess you could say we're like the KT Broadcasting Network now (laughs) with that in mind because we got some very special things that are coming up that I think people will really enjoy and the other thing is podcasting is so easy especially compared to watching videos or even reading Uh, most people can most people will take about five minutes to read something but a lot of times if you're traveling where do people reach for the music and podcast? So it's another way to uh, bring our content to people, maybe not in writing form, but in speaking form that they can listen as they're driving down the road, wherever they're going, maybe going to work or whatever. So that's one of the reasons we kind of went in that direction as well.
2: I think that's really smart, you know, to expand the conversation. And like you said, you know, folks, when they're traveling, I know we got July 4th coming up. Um, and hopefully you are meeting with your families and you are being safe about it. Um, you know, to, to expand the conversation to that, it, it's it's a new medium, but it's one that I think is really picked up. Um, and I'm just excited to see what y'all have coming with, with that new show and other things that y'all are doing. So where can where can people find out more about you, find out about kidney trails if they want to be a guest author? I'll I'll be the first. I'm gonna be the FP to the punch on this one. Um, yes, you you definitely want to be. Um, we would love to see your story, and I'm, I'm sure he will uh, he'll just mimic what I just said, um, but seriously, where can we find you, find out all the awesome things that y'all are doing, um, and just follow, follow what y'all have coming next. You can
1: Follow us on uh, kidneytrails.com. You can look us up on on our website. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and also LinkedIn. I don't know if any of your listeners have LinkedIn, but you can also find us out there and see some of the things that we're doing. And you can contact us at kidneytrails.gmail.com as well. If anybody has an interest in that.
0: Well, Anthony, it has really been fun having you on the podcast, man. Definitely want to have you back, but before we end the podcast, I wanted to give you some uninterrupted time, just you and the listeners, for you to give a personal message to them. This personal message could really be anything. It could be an inspirational quote. It could be something that you want them to walk away with today. Whatever it might be, the floor is yours. So world, I give you Anthony Reed.
1: Well, I want to thank you, first of all, for having us again on the show. Uh, It's been a great honor and privilege. And the one thing I would leave, or the one thing I'd want people to leave with today is no matter where you're at in life, remember that you are always one step closer to the next peak, you know, that next peak
0: of success, wherever it may be. So uh, that's what I'd like to leave people with today. Well, there you have it, folks. Our first Power Hour sit down with my friend, Anthony Reed from Kidney Trails. If there's been something you've heard in today's podcast episode that has led you to want to share your personal story, I would really encourage you to reach out to Anthony. And as a reminder, you can always connect with all of our podcast guests in the show notes portion of the podcast information. I usually put uh, some of the social media links and website links in those show notes. So go there and follow up with him if you feel so led to do so. So with that, guys, that's really our whole podcast except for this. I would encourage all of you to go out and do something this week you would not normally do to make an impact, whether that's making an impact in your family, making an impact in your community, or making an impact in your world. Until the next episode, you'll have a great week, and we'll catch you next time. See ya!